You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 100. And 20. You can listen to us wherever you get your NFC East blog podcast networks across the SB Nation universe. You can also watch this show on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Wherever you listen or watch, you will hear or see the audio and or visual stylings of myself. I am RJ Ochoa from Blog and the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. And we, Brandon, are recording in our normal time slot. It's Tuesday, July 18th for us. So happy Tuesday, July 18th to you. That was your vacation, RJ. I saw you having a lot of fun in San Diego. It was really cool. Um, kind of the first like big vacation with the kid. Um, turns out going to a lot of theme parks, sort of an exhausting thing. Uh, so um, very, very tired. I'm I'm gonna do the like cliche. I need a vacation from my vacation thing. Um, but uh, but San Diego, very cool. The weather, uh, incredible. Um, obviously, the heat is taking over like everywhere um but uh, it was nice to get a bit of a reprieve from that eat some good food uh disneyland um i'm gonna recommend if anybody is ever gonna like have a baby um go to disneyland like both um so that you and your spouse can um sort of enjoy life you know what i mean not that you don't enjoy it, but like you know get one last sort of like babyless trip there but also so you can see all of the accessories you know, I, I i don't think i've ever seen as many strollers in one place as i saw at disneyland it was I, I might have seen 2,000 strollers, and I think wow. I saw ours once, which is amazing to me. Uh, sounds like you had a good time. Did you like the zoo? The zoo gets a lot of hype. I can understand why it gets hype. Um, I'm not a zoo person. Have I ever Same. given you this take? Um, I'm a little bit afraid of the zoo, if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> okay, this is not where I expected it to go. Yeah, like, um, like in a very light way. I, I have two really weird fears that were um, that were like kind of pricked at over my vacation, which is obviously not something you want to do on vacation. But my fear with the zoo is like these animals have all day to just think and plan, right? Like how to get out. You know, like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, why would I want to put myself there? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I don't know. Like, I think a, a, I wouldn't watch it, but a good scary movie to me would be like that happening. I, I mean, it just, I would not want to be there when that happened. And here's the thing. Like, if I was in a room, even with like a smaller animal, that's a difficult proposition. Like, I can't communicate with an animal. You know what I mean? I can't be like, hey, let's talk about this if you're pissed off. You know what I mean? So um, I really, um, you know, I went for my son and my family and we all enjoyed it. It is massive. And the volunteers there were incredible. Uh, but yeah, uh, not a zoo person in general. My other fear, um, since I'm, I guess, embarrassing myself. So we rode a few water-themed rides at Disneyland. Um, with my son, we rode It's a Small World, which is just like you're in a little boat, whatever. And then uh, my parents watched him, and my wife and I rode Pirates of the Caribbean. I am weirdly afraid of these kind of rides. Like, if, if it's a ride that's in water, or something like you're in a boat like the the thought of that water petrifies me i don't know why i don't know what it is and like at the beginning of the pirates ride touching the water I, I guess so like touching the, at one point my wife like splashed the water on on my son on it's a small world and i kind of freaked out a little bit like i was kind of like whoa like i don't like being in enclosed spaces like that i don't know if it's claustrophobia um uh, and then the water adds something but it, and so when we got on pirates i don't know if you've ever ridden this at either uh location in in the states but um but so like they you know how you get on any kind of roller coaster and the bar like locks on your lap no bar on, on pirates and so i was kind of like what's going on here like why don't we have a bar and we were in the the last row my wife and i so it's kind of like the physics of this are going to lend to us being the first ones to fly out and sure enough the the ride starts and it's like pitch black like literally you're in darkness in this boat and it drops what had to have been 100 feet like i i was 
petrified. I didn't scream, but I definitely bruised my wife's hand from like uh, a terror squeeze. Um, so other than that, it was really good though. You brought up a point there that I haven't thought about in a long time. Remember, I feel like as, as a kid, as being young, both in like reality and pictured in TV and movies and everything, it's like, oh, you have to sit in the front of the roller coaster. Like that's the most intense experience, like the front seat. No, it's like you just said, it's actually the back seat is the craziest because you like you feel it so much more when you're back there. Um, used to go on Medusa, at, which is no longer Medusa. It's like Bizarro now, I think, at Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey with my dad. We used to have um, like the, um, what's I call it, the season pass or whatever. We did that like a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, and we'd go and sit in the back and man, <laughs> like, it, was, it was crazy how you just feel it all the way back there. Um, that's my kind of roller coaster, by the way. One that like straps you in with the shoulders. I don't like the one. Oh, the like, the, yeah the bar the hip especially being taller i don't know there's something about it i just feel like i'm gonna like fly out so um <clears throat> there's that and um i had a to your point about the needing a vacation from the vacation i guess that's like hacky or whatever played out to say that like you said but i mean it's true man like i think i think we're doing like collectively we're doing vacation wrong it's my goal next summer to have a vacation where i literally go somewhere and do nothing like nothing like just maybe like a beach resort kind of thing and literally just go from the hotel out to the beach and back in no other things, just nothing else. Like that's, that's kind of what I want. I kind of did a little bit of that this weekend, um, but not quite went to Betterton, Maryland, RJ on the Chesapeake Bay and had a good time hanging out in the water at a little uh, bay house with some friends. So uh, fun was had, it was a good time, but I was really tired on Monday uh, after getting home late on Sunday night. So feeling yeah, better today. I mean, a lot of people, my family included, you, you know, you feel like we're at this place we're not normally at. So we got to squeeze in. We got to do everything. Um, so I feel you. We actually kind of chilled on Friday. And it was really nice just to kind of hang out and, and just sort of live. Um, you know, we uh, we traveled back on Saturday, too. So we're kind of like planning and prepping for that. Um, it's really nice of you, by the way, to sit in the back as a tall person, all six foot five of you. Um, you know, it doesn't want to be obstructing the person behind you if you sit in the front row, as an example. Um, but I agree. That's, you know, and I'm also like, I'm, I'm not a hands in the air roller coaster person. Like, I, that's not me. Like, again, I'm I don't know if I'm afraid of roller coasters or what this is with my like theme park paranoia. But um, I've said before, if I was like stranded by myself at, at any theme park, but something like Disneyland with a lot of caricatures at night with everything off that I would I think I would have a panic attack. Um, and with it, there's something about water, um, you know, like those shows that they have, like, like the water world show or whatever, like that's on the like stage in water. You know what I'm talking about? I would never no. swim in that water. Like, like I, I could not handle that. Like I would never, I, I would legitimately hyperventilate. Um, so I don't know. I, maybe I got to work on this. You know what I mean? But it's nice to be back. Um, nice to be back in the normal routine. Nice to see you. Um, and, wow. um, you know, we, we took a little bit of heat for our left guard discussion um, on last mm. week's episode. You know, there were some people who said that we were acting childish. So maybe that's kind of why we're talking about roller coasters right now. Do you we think we've ever been childish? Was, it, was, it, was I also accused of this nope. or was this a nope. you thing? There was a comment on the YouTube side of things at APTB that said, y'all are acting childish. So, mm. um, you know, we were lumped in there together at least. You know, the NFC is mixtape strong. Uh, I have a little stat for you to kick off the podcast. Okay. You ready for it? Okay. So <laughs> combined record of NFL quarterbacks. Um, if you go by lowest opponent win percentage in playoff wins among 109 quarterbacks in their career out of 109 quarterbacks to win multiple games, who do you think has the worst opponent win percentage? So the record of the teams that they have beaten the 18 and five combined record of those opponents adds up to the lowest opponent win percentage in playoff wins among 109 quarterbacks to win multiple postseason games in their career. Uh, to win multiple so postseason who games. Has, like, the I, weakest, I was gonna... Who is the weakest like, str like strength of victory? Well, it's, it's Dak because they beat the below yeah. 500 bucks. Yeah. 18 and, they and beat 15. The... It's, it's the worst out of 109 quarterbacks so ever saying, to win so multiple games in the playoffs. This is the worst I'm not, win percentage. I'm just I'm trying to understand the stats. So you're <laughs> saying the combined record of the two teams he's beaten in the playoffs or yeah. the, the 2000 the opponent and... win percentage. So it was the 2018 Seahawks with Brian Schottenheimer, as we've talked about a million times, like and then the 2022 Bucks, five, I think, and then yeah, yeah the Bucks and then were the seven uh, and nine ten. or seven and ten, yeah. Okay. Boom. 
cool. He beat Russell Wilson and Tom Brady, though. See, like, you can, you know, spin yeah, zone it I that mean, way. Have really you, that. um, last thing before we start to get into the actual episode, have you started the quarterback show on Netflix? No, I have not. It's really good. Um, I'm, I've, I'm, I've only watched an episode because I was out. Uh, but I love stuff like this, and so it's really cool. Uh, maybe you, you know you do want to watch it. Marcus Mariota, new Philadelphia Eagles, best quarterback on the Eagles roster. I haven't done that yet. Mm. Uh, are we ready to do this? Are we ready to do the NFC East all defensive team? You ready? I think. Speaking of um, Kirk Cousins, because he's on there, I've seen some people be like, "Oh, he's such a likable guy." I think. Uh, also related to the discourse on Monday Football Monday, which you weren't part of this time. Um, it was just Jeremy Reisman and uh, Michael Peterson filling in. I think the Vikings have almost gotten so overrated now that they're underrated. Oh, my God. <laughs> in terms of, like, the discourse entering the season, like, this idea that they're going to, like, win, you know, like, five games or something. I mean, like, Kirk's, like, I don't like Kirk, but he beats up the bad teams. I don't think they're going to win. Like, they're not going to have, like, the number one pick or something. Like, that's crazy. My My take has always been – like generally, and I've, you know, in the defense of, of Kirk and, and subsequently the Vikings, you know, I've, I've kind of like locked in on it, but my defense has always been, he is so much better than like the consensus has you believe. Like the consensus no. to your point is like, oh, the Vikings are going to win like five games. Like, no, they're, they're still like a good team. Um, I think they're going to win and, the division to be clear. I think they're going to win like I mean, seven games or so, seven, eight, but like, I think people but, are acting like they're going to win like four now. I still think that he's the third best quarterback in the conference, right? Like we talk about like, Oh, Dak is two. Jalen's one. Like Kirk is number three to me. Like if you want to put Matthew Stafford ahead of him, that's fine. But like, I, I mean, he's, he's fourth healthy, at he's the absolute, he's fourth at the absolute worst. And I, I think that they, like my point too, is that he gets no credit for anything. Um, they showed, I've only seen the first episode. They beat that super awesome. What are you giving him credit for? Well, they, you, what like you just done? brought up, well, hear me out. Like they, you brought up Dak's opponent win percentage, whatever in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Kirk beat that super talented 2019 Saints mm, team. Yes, and 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 it gets, Saints but he gets like, I'm, we have so, so much I'm, playoff success. I'm not saying like build him a statue, but like that little era, that run, the Alvin Kamara draft class, the 17 Saints, like they had, they were really good for a long time. And Kirk went down to New Orleans, which is a notoriously tough place to play. And he had a clutch touchdown to Kyle Rudolph at the end to win that thing. He gets no credit for that. Also, this is one game. Not, I know, I, I, I'm, but I'm just saying like he what gets no credit for week? that. Okay, well, hear me out. They what played a the super. Week? They played an amazing 49ers team that went to the Super Bowl. How many Bowl passes and got did? Blasted. Jimmy uh Garoppolo okay to again like see this Cousins. is what you're doing you're like oh he stinks I'm just saying like he gets no credit for that they, they like also passes. last year we have done this with other teams we've been like oh this team like hung with the Lions they're pretty they beat the Lions last year and they authored and granted they fell down they authored literally the greatest comeback in NFL history last year okay. again to do that you have to down fall to down the Colts was like pathetic though I'm just saying like but Nobody gives him credit for anything. So that's really all my, my, I have to say about Kirk Cousins. But uh, it is they an enjoyable show. should have never been show. down to the Colts like that. That's pathetic. It is kind of amazing. I mean, it's only been one episode. It's really just the Mahomes cousin show. Because Mariota kind of, you know, wasn't that great with Atlanta last year. He's a super interesting person. And it's, you know, fun to watch him. But, like, as far as the football, it's really just the Mahomes cousin stuff. So um, I highly recommend it. The most bestest team <laughs> possibly create. That's actually you're laughing at that uh, turn of phrase there, but I think that's how isn't that what like um, Little Caesars calls their pizza? I don't know. Like we can ask extra, the aforementioned Matthew Stafford. He's uh, it's called extra most bestness. That is literally like the the branding of their um, one of their pizzas that they I don't endorse. Them. Anyway, anyway. Um, it is time for the all NFC East defensive team. We did the offensive edition last week. Next week we'll kind of do special teams and coaching staff. Um, what with training camps kicking off, and then it's just kind of like the grind for um, six or seven months. Uh, but anyway, so uh, you and I talked about this, Brandon. What positions we were going to field on this defense? Um, you embarrassingly left out a linebacker, <laughs> which was kind of sad. Uh, so we're going to do well. two. Two defensive ends, two defensive tackles, two linebackers, because nickel is the new base, three corners, obviously, and two safeties. All understood? Yeah, and just for for clarity and context here, I don't remember if I said this in the offense episode. Like, if I think it always makes the most sense to shape these teams around the best players in the division. So, like, for offense, let's say, if the wide receivers were all just really kind of, like, bad or mediocre, then we'd only do two. And let's say, in theory, like, if Travis Kelsey and George Kittle were in the NFC, right, 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 right. would obviously run 12 personnel as our – our right. all-star team but um yeah so there's a little discussion i feel like needed here just to clarify 
um, well, how we're going to attack this one. We're good roster managers. You know what I mean? Like we adjust to the talent. We don't force players right. and talent to fit our scheme. So um, we, we are the uh, the Kyle Shanahan, so to speak, um, of, uh, of all this. But anyway, um, so, okay. Um, I, I think we have some weird kind of like, you know, we can, we can put players where we want to because like I, we don't need to go by like where our lads has these players like listed or whatever. But so um, we'll start. I think I wanted to go defensive end. Like I wanted to go kind of maybe not left to right, but just like along the line. So like end tackle tackle end. If that was okay with you, no. Um, you just want to do both defensive ends at the same time? Yeah, I think it's that's, important. Okay, that's fine. And I, I don't even have them as defensive end. I wrote down as they're edge rushers. I yeah, mean, just that, pass rushers. Yeah, whatever you want to call them. But the two are Micah Parsons and Hassan Reddick. Like, yeah, that's the answer. Like, there's so. there's no way that you can make an argument for anybody else. Um, It's been an interesting kind of turn in the NFCs. Like, Chase Young's, like, not even in this conversation. Because I would, like, my first guy out is sort of Demarcus Lawrence, but if you're prioritizing getting to the quarterback, whatever, we don't have to have this discussion. Um, You know, BLG loves some BLG, um, obviously. Um, You could talk about, you know, Josh Sweat. You know what I mean? You could talk about, you know, a lot of different players. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Chase Young is nowhere near the conversation. Obviously, you know, didn't get his fifth-year option picked up. But it's this is super – this might be the easiest one, Micah Parsons and Hassan Reddick. I mean, two more players have uh, more sacks than Hassan Reddick since the beginning of 2020. That is Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. Reddick has 39 and a half. I think he had like, what, 19 and a half last year, including playoffs. I mean, like he was, he was pretty awesome. He's a, he's, he's a bargain on his contract and he wasn't there at OTAs and I don't have any evidence to say he's holding out, but like, that's something to monitor. I feel like because he signed, like, it's crazy that he was available to be signed last year. He only signed for three years, 45 million, 30 guaranteed. That's like, that's bonkers of a value relative to like pass, like pass pressure money is basically almost like quarterback money. And this is like uh, very much at a good rate. So yeah, Reddick certainly deserves to be on here. And it's interesting that both of our edge rushers are these linebacker types as opposed to being that more traditional four, three defensive end kind of player. Like Um, your DeMarcus Lawrence. Yeah. Like your the physical build of him is what I'm saying. But I mean, if, if these guys were on the same team, that would be, (laughs) that would be pretty crazy. Um, well, you know, you're secretly obsessed with Micah Parsons being on your favorite team. So, you know, you want that to happen, but But if he wants uh, to play for his hometown team that he loves, he can. Um, but on the Hassan Reddick note, just quickly, um, I would, well, I would love to see him hold out just because I would love to see the drama of it. But I also like, in all likelihood, like we talked, like this is so true for so many Eagles, which is, you know, what we've talked about a lot, but like, like, will he have another season like last year? You know, like if you're, if you're playing the like, you know, odds game, like, like this, will his earning potential ever be, or will his leverage ever be as high as it is right now? You know, like if, if our job were, were to advise him, yeah, I would be like, dude, you have, I, I said this at the time after the Cowboys traded for Amari Cooper in 2018, he should have absolutely held out. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he should have absolutely, because like he, he saved that team and there was no way he was ever going to completely match that. And he didn't, he was still really good, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's no way he will ever hold as much leverage as he does at this moment in time. Let's let's set that over under for Hassan Reddick sacks this year. at hmm, Seven and a half. He is 39 and a half in the past three years. So let's say set that at um, 13.2. So I want, I'm doing that as opposed to the half. So the half, uh, you know, is in play there. So do you think Mm. he has more or fewer than 13.2? So he obviously had a million last year. He had 16. He had a, he's only hit over that once in his career and it was this past year. So I'll take the Mm -hmm. under. I mean, okay. he's like he had, in 2020 at 12 and a half, which is still really good. But I mean, it's really hard to do here too. By the way, um, I'll still take the under. It's just okay. really hard. I mean, it's it's really hard to have that, and some of it isn't even like his fault. It's just opportunity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like and other things, and like getting game planned for. So, um, yeah, I'll but take. You would take um, the over on like 10.2, right? Yeah, I mean, because he's gone over that, you know, yep. each of the last three years, just in mm-hmm. the regular season. Um, Micah Parsons, our other edge rusher that we're taking, he's had at least 13 in his two seasons, 13 and a half last year. So a bit of an improvement. So let's just use that same figure, 13.2. You're right. Exactly. I'm going to take the under as well because, but some of that is because of the way the Cowboys are going to be with him. You know what I mean? Like they're, I think a little stingier with, you know, opportunity for him in the regular season because they know how important he is. We've seen them really do that just kind of prioritize the rest of players. So that, that's what I mean by opportunity. And like, he's completely capable of it. I just don't think he'll have the chance because the Cowboys will put him on ice at every opportunity that they can. He did kind of fade, like, quietly later in the year last year. No? Am I wrong to say that? Didn't that, like, kind of happen there? 
I wouldn't yeah. say fade, but he really had he was like really in the thick of discussion for defensive player of the year. Um, so like if you kind of just go off of sack numbers, so he had two against the Giants on Thanksgiving, and I would say that was mm-hmm. like the peak of of his like it's gonna be Parsons or Bosa, and that was when I lost that bet to Fooch and I had to um had to tweet that thing and that was really dumb. Um but uh but then so that, that was Thanksgiving, the two against the Giants. From like that moment on, he had one and a half sacks throughout the rest of the regular season. And uh, the half sack was the regular season finale against Washington. So like yeah. he, he just he he was still amazing and still had the same impact, but he lacked the like pizzazz, mm-hmm. you know, defensive player of the year type moments. Like that that part of his resume fizzled a little bit. Yeah, if you expand it to the playoffs, it was only two and a half. He had one in the in the Bucks game, but then zero in the 49ers game. So like not, you know, I'm not saying he's like that all of a sudden, but he did kind of go a little bit quiet uh, later and that, in the year. And that's that's that feeds my like their idea. And right. he played, obviously played, played a lot of pl- played a lot more. I think it was like 81 percent uh, of his playing time was spent at edge rusher last year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they they know his value and, and you know, they're they're not going to waste him in like a week four fourth quarter. You know what I mean? If, if they have the game in hand or whatever. Plus, they have a bevy of pass rushers. You know what I mean? So they don't have to like get every last drop out of him in the earlier parts of the regular season. So I'll take the under on both. All right. We'll go over to defensive tackle now where I think this is also kind of, I think there's only two right answers here. I have Dexter Lawrence. He's obviously coming off like an incredible season. Um, He was awesome for the giants last year. Really kind of impressive how he evolved as a player, because I remember when he was like considered a draft or when he was, when he was a draft prospect, he was being more considered as like run stuffer guy, uh and all of a sudden last year he became much more than that with seven and a half sacks and i don't even think the the stats totally do or the sacks justice for him where he was also at 28 hits like that's a really high number especially considering he'd only been at like 11 and 10 the previous couple seasons um his tackles also went up from being in the 50s to 68 like tfl's career high seven he was second uh he's all pro second team he's a pro bowler i mean I, i think it's dexter lawrence I agree with you, Um, but it was not as it was. It was closer than I thought it was. At least I I agree with you. Like he's my first pick. Like if we're drafting defensive tackles for this team, like he's definitely the first one that I want on the group. Um, But I thought that the gap between him and my second choice, and even like kind of my first player out, was Hmm. you know slimmer than I anticipated going into this. Um, Dexter Lawrence is awesome. I think there's an argument that he's the best player on the Giants. Um, we also, we haven't mentioned this at this point in the episode, but it's worth mentioning just very quickly, uh, that Monday's franchise tag deadline passed. Um, this obviously impacts both the giants and the Cowboys, um, specifically at the running back position. Um, neither Saquon Barkley nor Tony Pollard got long-term deals. Tony Pollard does, or has already signed that franchise tag. So he's obviously playing for the Cowboys, but Saquon hasn't. There was a lot of discourse from running backs across the NFL, um, in the aftermath of all this. So. I don't know that I believe Saquon will hold out, but that is a factor, obviously, um, heading into the season. But even then, like, Lawrence might be the best player on the team, right? Like, there's a strong case for that. And who else would it be? Who are you taking over him as Bear chimes in? Um, Bear doesn't like that answer. I mean, am I forgetting anyone? Like, you're not going to take Daniel Jones over him. Some people would probably say Saquon, but no, especially when you're considering positional value in there. Um. I don't know who else it would be. I mean, that's Darren what I'm Waller, saying. Like, if Darren Waller is like actual, like in his prime, Darren Waller, then you have a conversation there. But that's it, not like it depends how you how you like guarantee really answer the question. Like, do you define best as like the the player you would most want, or do you find best as relative to their positions across the NFL? Like, is Dexter Lawrence a better defensive tackle than Saquon is a running back? Um, because if that's the question, then Darren Waller does have a chance because like. The, the door for like being the third or fourth best tight end is much more wide open than it is for Lawrence or Barkley to climb their respective positions. You know what I'm saying? Last thing I want to say about uh, Lawrence, who is nicknamed as Sexy Dexy on Pro Football Reference, can- canonical nickname. Uh, it's crazy how, like, I talked about the run stuffer thing. He's 6'4, 320, or sorry, 6'4, 342. That's pretty crazy for a dude that big to be getting seven and a half sacks. Like, that's that's another reason why. I'm taking him here. That's like a special kind of profile that you have. A guy who's that big who's able to get pass rush um, production is that's not just a given. The other guy, I, I think, has to be. I've I've talked about how I think he could take a step back this let year. Me go, let me go first, please. Okay. So, um, so Dexter Lawrence is number one. 
for me, I think we agree the second choice is Deron Payne. I think you have to based right. on the season he just had. Right. So um so you mentioned pro football reference. Their approximate value um has Dexter Lawrence as a 13 for last mm-hmm. year, and Deron Payne also as a 13. But Jonathan yeah. Allen was a 12. I I I think Jonathan Allen is much closer to this than I really thought. Like he was my first guy out. Um, and we've like known that forever. Like that's kind of like Washington's thing or whatever. Um, yeah. but yeah, the 11 and a half sacks for Deron Payne last year, like he, he had a loud season. Like, you know, like I think he earned the spot yeah. this year, but like, I agree with you. Like I, I would not be shocked if a year from now, um, if, if like, it's one of the Washington defensive tackles, if Jonathan Allen leapfrogs him again, I know you don't like Jonathan Allen, but like, it's, no, it's closer than we do at all. I, I think I, it was tough for me in terms of like, am I am I not giving enough credit to Jonathan Allen? I think you could argue Jonathan Allen's body of work, you know, is better than what Deron Payne has um, put forth. Um, whereas Deron Payne's more of a, you know, could be more of a flash in the pan one year thing. And we're rewarding him based on that and not so much the body of work. Um, so I do wonder about that. But I think, you know, he had 11 and a half sacks. I think you can't just sneeze at that. I think you have to give him credit for that. Give me one second. Keep going. You got this. Um, so, you know, obviously it's not Fletcher Cox, you know, Dylan Carter has potential, but isn't by no means a proven thing. He could, he could conceivably be here next year if things go really right this year, but that's also a big, um, a lot to prove there. RJ's not here, by the way, for the audio list or yeah, audio listeners, but now he's back. Um, Cowboys certainly not in this mix. I oh my mean, gosh. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were just going to be mean. Yeah. I mean, maybe Mozzie Smith, like shows up you know that would be like their fast although i do think also adigizu is an underrated player but that's a different conversation he was my underrated player but yeah he's right. not on this um, yeah he has a lot to he has to make a big jump in year what this will be year three for him so, to yeah year get three. In, that, in that conversation um, i didn't i didn't want to bring this up so like we were like oh lawrence is like easily number one and i'm like this he isn't is. all of, i know i know but this isn't like all about sack numbers but jonathan allen had as many sacks as him they both had seven and a half you know what i mean and again yeah. They were, they're just, they're closer than we think. Like this is a closer than it feels sort of position or at least, you know, discussion for these two players or three players. But yeah, I agree of the three, I'd rather have Lawrence and Payne. But again, the like, thing about the profile though, like the sacks at Dexter Lawrence's size, I think is just so much more impressive. And again, sure. the, 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 I think the quarterback hits were also higher and uh, much higher in Lawrence's favor as well. So, okay. Uh, defensive line is Micah Parsons, Hassan Reddick, Dexter Lawrence, Jerron Payne. Done. Yeah. Pretty good defensive um, line. Yeah, I mean, hard to be upset about. Um, so, and every team is represented. Of the first four, we have yep. one from each and every single team. How cool is that? Um, okay, so linebacker is up next. Um, I think the first choice is actually really obvious. I, I don't know. I may, Maybe I'm biased, but I do think it's Leighton Vanderish. Yeah, I mean, it's not a great division for linebackers. I mean, right. do you... And, and, to, and sorry, you, but you brought this up in the chat. Like, we're, we're like at off-ball linebackers at this point. You know what yeah, I'm saying? off-ball like, linebackers. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like Leighton is like the vintage version of that. You know what I'm saying? And he had a really great season last year. Like I think he is easily the number one choice here. Like the least debatable one. There is a, a slight debate after this, but he was awesome. Like he was awesome at defending the run mm-hmm. last year. He got hurt, and the run, you know, support really kind of you know regressed for the Cowboys. And then he returned and things stabilized. It was a big deal. They were able to bring him back. Um, he's really kind of shed. I know I just said he got hurt, but he shedded that label that he couldn't stay healthy. Um, really, ever since the Cowboys drafted Micah Parsons, Leighton has mm-hmm. kind of been the pinnacle of health, save for that little stretch last year. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's a pro bowler, right? I mean, he literally hasn't been since his rookie year. But uh, above average starter, at linebacker, which there really aren't many of those, if any others, in this division. So certainly he gets the nod. Um, Eagles don't have anyone that would qualify. Eagles might have, like, the worst start, <laughs> the worst linebacker core, at least one of them in the NFL, uh, depending on what becomes of N'Kobe Dean. And my guy, Christian Ellis. And then uh, Commanders, I mean, so Damon Davis has been, like, disappointing. Who else do they really have? He's the only – my second spot is down to two contenders, and Davis is one of them. Um, and my other, I guess we're at this point in the conversation, is Bobby Okariki. I know yeah. you're not fond of him, uh, but, like, it's down to the two well, of them. Relative to the division, I, I am fond of him. <laughs> well, so um, Davis had three sacks last year, which is impressive. I mean – you know, as an off-ball linebacker or whatever, um, had way fewer tackles than Okariki. Mm-hmm. Um, Okariki forced a few fumbles, um, you know, so depending how much more stock you place in that. Um, I'm inclined to lean Okariki. Um, yeah. So that's my personal pick, um, even though I, mean, I think 
yeah, again, kind of a, a thin sort of argument. Zero career forced fumbles and zero career interceptions for Jamin Davis. Like I need, I I know that's a simple way to put it, but I really need some kind of playmaking for my linebackers. Yeah. And just to have none is it, it's a non-starter for me. I agree. Okay, so that was pretty simple. Uh, so linebackers, Leighton Vanderesh, Bobby Okariki, and I feel wrong because it violates my adding a new player thing. I really don't like that. It's not a real rule. Everyone in the comments is also like, why is this a rule? I know. I mean, I will say I'm kind of walking it back a little bit. Like I, I feel less passionate about it, but I feel obligated to defend it because I said it at one point in time. Have you um, been playing the NFL uh, crossover grid at all, by the way? I didn't know it was uh, a th- like out. I know that I mean we've mentioned pro football reference. I know pro baseball reference um, like supports the baseball one. Um, I mean, it's but, just baseball reference or, or whatever. But either way, um, like it's supported by the reference company. I don't think the football one is. I've never seen this, so you can send me the yes, link and I'll, I'll do it. I mean the baseball, but there's a couple ones. There's like it's like NFL crossover grade. I think if you Google that, been doing uh, that one, and it's also this like is, Dynasty Daddy. There's this, one. This is like when Wordle well. came out, and then like a million spawns of it um, happened, and it was like well, audio like versions. It. It's fun. I'm like in the NFL one. I can't do the baseball one. Like that's too. Yeah, it's, it's I, too I don't difficult. Know baseball. As he I, said while I wearing say, a Phillies jersey and hat, but I, I legitimately <laughs> don't know like other teams. Like I know some Phillies stuff, but I can't get like. Like, like I don't know who's on the Mariners, like in the and the the Mariners and the Guardians. Like ugh, I have no idea. I can't tell you. By the way, um, we went to a Padres game when we were in San Diego. Super awesome. Like very different um, vibe from Minute Maid Park. Like super kind of progressive and modern ballpark. It's amazing food options. Gaslamp like, Stadium. Or it was like, Petco Park. Petco Park. It's in the Gaslamp District. Um, actually, and actually. Um, I should mention this. So it was a, they'd had a giveaway, which was at the end of the game, which I don't like. You shouldn't force people to stay. I mean, I get it, but you know, you should do when people are Wait, walking giveaway in. at the end. Yeah. It's like, you should that's give, people, that's what I'm saying. You should give people the thing when they're walking into your stadium, not like make them stay till the end of the game, whatever, but you know, it's Especially fine. baseball. Yeah. Um, but so it was a kid's giveaway, which again, super cool, but like, there's a also, lot of even less sense. Kids can't well, last the whole game. Yeah, but that's, I mean, whatever. So it was a, a little mug, like a little co- like kind of coffee cup. And um, it had a bear on it, which was cool because, you know, our dog uh, and the bear was wearing like a Padres uniform. And so I was pushing uh, my son out the game in the stroller and he handed me a box and I, I wore a Cowboys T-shirt to the game. It said America's team. It's Cowboys are America's team. And um, and the guy gave me another one. He said, and here's another one for the Cowboys. So that's kind of cool. So, <laughs> so we walked away with two cups. Uh, that was uh, unexpected. So. Shout so out to the Padres. Took three or four from the Padres, including uh, sweeping a doubleheader. So there you yeah. go. Um, so uh, cornerbacks, uh, is where, I think we should do corners before safeties. I don't know. Well, are we going to take a break here? Um, okay, let's take a break and hear a word from our sponsors. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back. We were gone for how long, Brandon? Three hours? Here's a really good pro tip for you. Mm-hmm. Do you have a Costco membership? I do. do you have Costco down there? Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know where it is. Uh, Costco membership. Get in there. I don't have one. I went to Costco on Friday as we we're going down to the bay, so, as I mentioned. Myrtle earlier. Beach in Montana or wherever it was, right? No, uh, Betterton in Maryland on the Chesapeake close. Bay. Uh, I was going down with our, our good friend and friend of the show here, Holden, mm. who does Holden. have Astros beat the Phillies in the World Series. Just who, so you know. doesn't care. <laughs> who does have he literally just like could not care less, uh, has a Costco membership. And this to me is a life changing thing that everyone needs to get in on. And Costco, is, you, you know, you know what Costco was? Hold on. 
it is to get no their, hold in is his name not hold yeah, on. that's his name <laughs> yeah, hold on is um the mac and cheese they have the one that's like uh um, yeah you bake it yeah you just bake you just yeah. put it in the oven it's basically almost prepped and then what you need to do with that is get and i don't know you know I'm, I'm sure they're not all set up like this but the way this one was set up was like the mac and cheese was across like the aisle kind of from the section where they had a ton of dips you know like Basically, yeah, like, like any kind of like tzatziki and salsa and like just a whole array of dips, including buffalo chicken dip. And let me tell you, you take that mac and cheese, you put some on your plate, or if you have it in the tray, whatever, you mix it with that buffalo chicken dip. Oh, it's a great time. I um, I don't really like buffalo sauce all that oh, much. So this wouldn't, it, this wouldn't be – well, I'm happy that you explained the tip for everybody else, but like that's a, a bit of a miss for me. Uh, by the way, on the subject of the um, of, of buffalo dip, I guess, um, and obviously buffalo wings, um, I'm super excited. I know you did the Hot Ones Challenge. I'm super excited to watch the Harry Kane episode. I, I did it life. again. Oh, I did it on Saturday <laughs> night because we did it with the group at the uh, at the house, and um, only three people made it. Shout out to Holden and the aforementioned Holden and Jess for making it through. Um, and there were some reactions, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> on, on um, their minds. I mean, well, the bomb, obviously. Um, Dude, the bomb. I said it before, but it really does suck. Like it just, uh, it just punches you in the face, and it sucks. On the subject of all this, um, so I had never seen the Paul Rudd episode until recently. What? Um, well, I know. Well, I, I mean, I understand that, but like, it just like it was a, it was a, it was a bit of a like a pop culture like you know hole in my sort of arsenal. It's probably but the I found, biggest meme from Hot Ones, or at least one of them. Right, right, right. The like, look at us. But I went and watched it, and like that dude was like respect to paul rudd man <laughs> like he, he was like and also the idea of cauliflower wings like i get it if you're not eating meat but like man that just like because it also like allowed him to like eat it like a whole like nugget it was just really i was really exhausted for paul that's rudd. easier i think the nugget form as opposed to nibbling and getting like the heat on your lips and also touching it if you if you have a fork you know, yeah you can do it you can use the fork and the nugget or the boneless it's still painful don't get me wrong because i did both i did the first time i did the bone in because i feel like you have to to like officially beat the, you know that's like 100 percenting a game like you have to do the bone in if you're gonna 100 if you're gonna fully complete it but i did the boneless the second time because like i didn't need to prove again that i could do it i wanted to make it a little bit easier and it was a little bit easier but it, you know by the end it was still um i still needed the ice cream i still needed the milk um good for you okay so uh doing corners first right then safeties uh um, never cut corners here so we're doing three corners as we said at the top and i don't know if we want to do like i mean i know we did this to like receive a little bit but like i'm 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 personally finally just kind of picking the best corners as opposed to like because like who's the best like slot corner in the end in the nfc east you know what i mean like it was tough it's a valuable position but like if if we're ranking the slot corners then i think we're leaving off a really good one you know what i'm saying like that's what I'd rather just take the three best, and I feel better about that uh, as opposed to like, well, let's take the two best outside corners and leave off a good one in the name of having a slot corner on this team. I agree, unless like there's just overwhelming evidence they can't play in the slot for some reason. Um, someone has to theoretically at least have d- displayed or is just so good that they you could like project that. Like for example, um, Razul Douglas here in Philly, like I don't think he would have made the list, but he he was clearly this big guy who was not a slot corner, could could not change direction inside. So like you know, if you're putting him in there in that scenario, that wouldn't really make any sense to me. But let's talk this through. Who do you have first? Do you want my? Why well, don't like this isn't like a ranking, but my first name was Trayvon Diggs. Like that was the mm, first name I wrote down. Of course it is. Well, I mean, uh, duh. Like, do you know what my job is? Like, so that was my like. Is he not on your list? Is he not among your three? Like again, I do, this isn't... but I was also trying to be fair. Well, I mean, so if we're trying to be fair, but you I don't think know, he's the so, best quarterback in the division. I think so. I think wow, he's wrong. I, I think he's a top three corner in the NFL. I think he's the best in the division. I think, I think the second best is probably James Bradbury, who's on my list as well. Obviously, um, now I'm going to say I don't have Darius Slay on my list, and that's wow. because you have slandered him so much that you you have ruined. I don't, not that I had a, a promising one, but like you have impacted my opinion of him. And so, like, that's like, I don't think we can have in good faith for, to the mixtape. I don't think we can have Darius Slay because he's been so destroyed here. And you've gone on many times about how his interceptions that he has had are against all these trash quarterbacks. Sure. Like, I, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it would be genuine to have Darius Slayer. So, my top two pl- players I'm placing on the outside, if I have to, you know, kind of rank it that way, are Trayvon Diggs and James Bradbury. 
That's also who I had, believe it or not. Uh, I just want to note on Bradbury, he allowed the lowest passer rating in the NFL last year. And he did that despite seeing the six most targets of any cornerback because even though I think Slay is a little overrated, not a bad player, but overrated, he does have respect from other teams, which says something. But it also, I think those they can be wrong sometimes. And they didn't always want to throw at Slay. And it didn't really work out for him. Because again, he, uh, Bradbury allowed the lowest passer rating. He had a ton of pass breakups. He had three interceptions, which is more... And I think he actually had four if you include the playoffs. That's more than Darius Slay's two, double. Darius Slay, or no, Slay had three, two, I guess. Yeah, he had three because he had two in the one game. Okay, still, Bradbury still had more when you include the playoffs. Um, so, and also, uh, Darius Slay was not second team All Pro like James Bradbury was. The All Pro voters, which is like kind of, you know, more prestigious, as we know, sure. than a Pro Bowl, like they recognized that Bradbury was the better player, which is, I think, saying something. So, um, yeah, I'm good with James Brad, And also, he's younger. So, if we're projecting this team and what they're going to do this season, I think there's a, like, there's a very good chance they might both fall off or one of them falls off. And if I have to make that bet, I'm rather I'm going with a slightly younger James Bradbury. I also would add to the Bradbury discussion here, um, and you'll appreciate this, the vibes, right? Like, of the two, and I said this, and, like, I don't mean to bring this up again, but, like, I think it's super impressive that James Bradbury, and you can contextualize it how you want, but like as soon as the Super Bowl's over, it was holding. I held, I got caught, whatever. As opposed to the way like Darius, okay, but like generally, you get my, you get what I'm saying. Like he he took ownership. However, you want to like you know verbalize it, he took yes. ownership versus Darius Slay, who's like everybody sucks, everybody's wrong, I'm right, you know, blah blah. Like he's had a lot more drama in his career than James Bradbury has. And so, like, again, the, like the vibes, are, like, do you not gravitate more towards James Bradbury than Darius Slate? That's my point. I do. I think people people are getting on me for this. They're like, oh, BLG such a Slay hater recently. And I'm going to only add fuel to the fire there by pointing out recently Darius Slay tweeted, uh, he, he quote tweeted this uh, account that was like, would you rather have a Robert Ori type of career or a James Harden type of career, championships or money. And then the graphic shows um, Robert Ori pictured with his championship ring, seven of them. He only made only, quote unquote, only made 54 million. Or would you rather be like James Harden, make 300 million but have zero rings? And Darius Slay tweeted, 300 millions, uh, me, please, and thank you. So, like, look, I get it. Like, that's a lot of money. And I can't blame anyone for wanting 300 million in a vacuum. But also, like, it's also it seems so tone deaf to me like james harden right now out of like maybe all his career is perceived more than ever as a loser no one wants him like he was going to opt out of his contract and and hit free agency with the thought he was going to get a payday he didn't do that and he couldn't do that because there wasn't a market for him he had to opt back in which was not like the expected path for him and now he's demanding a trade out but no one like wants to give up anything for him and he's coming off of this playoff series where like he had a couple good games for sure but in game seven, didn't show up at all. Game six, didn't really show up a lot. Um, so, like, okay, why are all right. you... Enough, enough with hard. I, your point but, is made. But the point you're, is, you're... yeah, but the point is, like, why are you, like, comparing yourself to that player right now? <laughs> like, there's this, I, I, I don't mean, know. It seems like I don't think he was comparing himself to, to the player, but, like, it, I mean, I get your point. Yeah, it's but why would the... you... Why well, it's would like the fan... I mean, I agree with you. It's like the fan question of, like, would you rather your team win one Super Bowl and suck for 20 years or, like, be a playoff team for 20 straight years and never win the Super Bowl? You know what I mean? Like, um, and I also don't think the question is fair because Robert, it's not like Robert Ori was, like, you know, just hanging out. Like, he was a big part of the, as a Spurs fan, you know what I mean? Like, like he had big moments. Like, he had the best version of that kind of career that anybody You don't make could. 54 million by being a scrub. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, um, but anyway, um, yeah. So, Darius Slate, not a part of my list. On Trayvon, the other corner that's making the list. I, I think Trayvon is a, I don't know if you've like covered it this way, but like a great case study or example of what Slay or Bradbury could kind of experience in 2023, like the regression, so to speak. And we said this, like this was the only way regression showed up for the Cowboys last year. It, the argument was like, he was, he's not going to have 11 interceptions, which he did in 21. It was like, that's never going to happen. No way, no how. Um, and he only had three, I say only, but I mean, so since his rookie year in 2020, uh, he has 17 total interceptions, two that he has run back for touchdowns, although both of them were in 2021, obviously. Back-to-back Pro Bowler, which isn't as prestigious as being an All-Pro, but he was a first-team All-Pro 
in 2021. And I've said this many times. He had way fewer interceptions last year than he did the year prior, but he was a much better player and a much better cover corner. The like the rap on him and his like all or not like aggressive or whatever that really subsided last year. He was a much more physical player. He had this great physical stop. It was early in the season on Jamar Chase that really helped kind of win that game for the Cowboys. Like he, he is evolving as a player. And you talk about holdouts and things like that. I am I'm a little on alert for that. Of, of the contractual situations for the Cowboys, that's the one that is the the like most fire that they're playing with uh, because he's entering a contract year. And so we'll see what happens with camp starting and whatnot. And obviously Stefan Diggs uh, can get out of his contract in Buffalo next year. Like it makes sense for them to kind of position themselves together strongly. He obviously had a situation about a month ago, uh, but Trayvon Diggs is, you know, it's hard to be this way when you play for the Cowboys, but he's a kind of underrated player because so many people have latched onto that one narrative. Uh, who's the third corner? You're going to say Gilmore. So I looked at Gilmore against Slay because I wanted to be fair because he was a productive player last year and against our guy, Adore Jackson. We've been really high on Adore for a long time. It's I'm not Adore. I like Adore, but it's not him. No, well, I, I, I mean, he was the third guy. Like if I had to, you it's know, Slay I, or Gilmore, though, to be clear. So if we look at their seasons last year, do you know how many <laughs> interceptions? Do you have something break? No, it sounds like someone's just honking their horn oh. <laughs> very loudly outside, which is cool. Uh, so Slay had three interceptions last year. Do you know how many Gilmore had? Did you look? Do you have this in front of you? Um, I was going to say like two, and then yeah, yeah it is he had two. two. Um, he had fifty-three solo tackles to Slay's forty. So of course, teams were player. running more against sure. the Colts than they were against the Eagles because of the game script. Um, if we include vibes which is not totally fair. Gilmore is like a universally loved, great, you know, super amazing team. He's obviously not his defensive player of the year self. I, I do feel like this is kind of a coin flip, which is why the vibes, you know, because Slay has done a lot to kind of hinder his candidacy, as we just discussed. Um, so I'm, I'm fine if, if we agree that it's Slay, but there's definitely a strong case for Gilmore. Gilmore also violates my you have to be on the team last year rule. But again, We've already I think you have to make a concession at some point if I go with Gilmore here. I think you have to give me Landon Dickerson at left oh, guard if I'm, I'm saying it's Gilmore. Then I'm going to say it's late. I mean, I'm fine saying it's late. He was very productive last year. I mean, Also, like the age thing concerns me with Gilmore as a real point. The, so the thing I think working in Gilmore's favor is that I could think we could have him be our nickel cornerback because he kind of did some of that, I feel like, didn't he, when he yeah. was the defensive player of the year? He was like lining up everywhere. That's part of what made that campaign especially impressive. It wasn't like he was just like, on the outside, locking guys down. Like, they were moving him all around, and he was, like, going up against, like, tight ends, too, and, like, locking them down. So I do think you have the argument for that. Um, but he's also older, and that concerns me. Um, uh, so it's tough. I think it's a coin flip, but Darius Slay is a little bit younger. And for as much as I think he's overrated, I don't think he's a bad player. Um, and because you can't have Dickerson, I think I think you can't have Tyler Smith over Dickerson and this. I think you have to give a concession at I, some point. This isn't a concession for me. Like I think it's fair to involve Darius Slay. So I'm sorry that you don't All right, get then we'll the, go Slay. the little okay. I'm sorry that you don't get the little joy that you wanted. Um, Slay also, I will give him credit for at least in the past. I don't the Eagles haven't done this as much, but he has had a track record of shadowing guys. So he is also someone I think who can follow receivers around, including into the slot. I think if 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 Slay just went about things a little bit differently, we would perceive him a lot differently. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it, hard to insist to be called big play Slay. That's that's me. literally what I was about to bring up. Like, cause you and, you brought that up before. Like, so you know, and and also and, be literally like the highest paid player on the team, or at least like highest cap number on the team, and then have zero interceptions. Like he, I think he just gets too much of a pass, man. Zero interceptions since week six when he picked off Cooper Rush. You just said he had to be ahead of Gilmore. I mean, I do. But I mean, so I I think. This is so far of the players we've picked, and we have two left, but of, of the nine we've picked, this is the the least stable Jenga piece to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, like, you know, I would I would bet highly on at least Gilmore leapfrogging Slay, if Gilmore's on the Cowboys next year, you know, or in oh. the division. But, like, what Slay, he, he's the least stable piece to this tower for me, Darius Slays. But, I mean, I, mean, I think he deserves, because we've talked, this is an exercise that is heavily weighed upon what you did last year. And Darius mm -hmm. Slay was a very, very, very good player last year. If you go by the um, 
NFL insiders thing, which ESPN has been putting out the rankings right, right, right. compiled by executive coaches, scouts, which is, isn't gospel, um, but is worth looking at. They actually have Slay as the fifth best cornerback in the league. They have Trayvon Diggs down at eight there. And then both um, Gilmore and James Bradbury are in the also receiving vote section. Interesting that James Bradbury wouldn't make at least like honorable mention, um, but it's a tough he- field though. I think he gets like the like Robin rap, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and Slay gets the Batman one, and there's like the a Robin boost. rap, and also the Super Bowl like right, right, like um, being especially harshly punished for that because it was such a visible moment. I mentioned this, and also shout out to our friend Tim, the whiskey influencer, for this, um, who brought it up with the aforementioned Leonard Dickerson, Tyler Smith argument. But uh, Pro Football References approximate value metric for last year. Um, so Adoree Jackson was a four and Gilmore was a five. Just again, like I think Adoree like was worth it was worth mentioning his name at least. Uh, but Slay was an eight. That's what I'm saying. Like it's really it's it's not hard if you're looking off of just last year. Now, if you are extrapolating and considering a lot of other extenuating circumstances and factors, the conversation becomes much larger for Gilmore. But this makes sense. Um, so we have two safeties, and I do want to say um, I talked about this to you or with you in Slack. There's an argument for like if you don't love Bobby Okereke or whatever. Um, and you want to have like the safety linebacker hybrid, like there's an argument for J. Ron Curse in that role. I, I don't have J. Ron Curse as one of my two safeties. That's the only way he would have made the team for me if we had, you know, done things like that. Like you talked about fielding the best possible group. I, I think that's a discussion, but fine, we didn't. Um, that being said, I do think the best safety is still a cowboy. I think it's Donovan Wilson. I think he has to be the first safety that we put on the team. I'm looking at the um NFL insider rankings for offensive linemen. And interesting, I don't see Tyler Smith's name anywhere oh here gosh. for either tackle Let or go, guard. Seriously. Rent Dickerson free. Rent free. In free. guard. So that's just worth mentioning. The safety thing is really tough for me. I, I don't think there's a very, like, you know. I have three I, names I just, that, that were at the very top of my list. So I had to pick two of them. And I don't know if the if your two are from here, but it was Donovan Wilson who was easily the best. I didn't have Donovan Wilson on, but like that's a name that you would have so much more. You know, like I don't think anyone else is paying attention to him outside okay. of the people who. My my other two, I imagine, were in consideration for you, Cameron Curl. Again, if we're if Ooh. we're throwing out names for consideration, and Xavier McKinney, those are my three names that I kind of like debated. Philly has nobody that's in the mix here, and I mean, uh, I mean. No, they, they don't this year, but Reed Blankenship's player watch. He was the 10th highest. Okay, but safety. that's not the conversation that we're having here. This isn't like a projecting into the future. This is based like off of current players, what we know, et cetera, et cetera. Don- so of these three, Donovan Wilson has the highest AV. He actually has the best like statistics all the way around of all three. He played what is most- his AV? It's six compared to Cameron okay. Curl's four and Xavier McKinney's three. Now, McKinney, what made it hard for me, and I'm fine putting him on because I think he's a better player than Curl, but he only played in nine games last year. You know what I mean? So like, and that's tough to kind of like feel great about, but again, there's not a lot of options. Yeah. Here. Um, I don't think we can go McKinney because of that. I do agree that like, cause that's, that's a, that's significant. I think it's also for that. Also Wilson is a weapon. Like it, we haven't added the coaching staff yet, but I, I would presume that Dan Quinn's going to be the defensive coordinator of this group. And Dan Quinn has really unlocked him. And is a big reason why Wilson also got a new contract from the Cowboys this offseason. season. He had five sacks last year. Five. Like, I mean, he's a playmaker, you know, with the way his coordinator uses him. He had two forced fumbles. You know what I mean? Like, he is making an impact on deep. Like, that's what I'm saying. He has to be the first player that we add here. So the Cam Curl thing is interesting. He was actually PFF's second highest graded overall safety last year, which is a little surprising to me, especially when, you remember how I talked about earlier with um, Jamin Davis, that like the zero interceptions and zero forced fumble thing in his career, it's kind of tough for me. Well, Cam Curl has zero interceptions and zero force fumble in his last 28 games. So you're not really getting like playmaking out of him, which isn't everything. I think there's something to be said for being in the right position and not allowing big plays, which seems to be the case for him. But like, it's just tough for me. And here's a player you didn't even mention and was under, it was in my most underrated players when we did that episode last month. Like Derek Forrest could be in the mix here. I mean, he had four picks last year, two four fumbles. He allowed just a 75.4 pass rating when targeted. He only missed three tackles relative to making 88. That's, like, really good. So he's a good tackler. And you cited approximate value, right? What did you say Donovan Wilson's was? It's a six, and he's a five, to your point. Yeah. Derek so he's he's the second highest. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, so and like, if we look at it, and if we look at it, I have a tough so, time going forest over curl. Like, it doesn't really make sense to me. Well, I mean, you might just have to do it. If we 
if we lean things out too, so Forrest played all 17 games last year. Crowley yeah. played 12. Um, but in that same time, uh, Crowell had more solo tackles um, and almost as many thing. tackles overall. He had way more tackles for loss. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Crowell might be the better player, but like, but Forrest has the better resume from last year. Mm. I still think it's Crowell. I mean, personally, and he's been, he's got like a, a, a longer, it's not a long one, but he's got a longer track record of being like a, you know, underrated, good kind of, you know, not talked about enough sort of player. Do we want to kick Okariki out and put both Curl and Forrest and Wilson in? Because can't Wilson play a little bit of linebacker? No, that's what I'm saying. If we're doing that, then I want to put Jaron mm. Curson. I mean, like, that's that's the the real, like, safety I want playing linebacker. Not one of mm. these two dudes. So if you want know. to kick Okariki out and put Curson, I'm all down for that. But um, I guess but... I think we'll just have to disrespect Forrest and, and say it's not him. Because I just I think it, well, I just think it's tough to be like, yeah, it's Forrest. It's not Curl. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a slam dunk to be clear, but I do think the answer is Cameron Curl. Um, and so, I mean, it's close, but like you, you can only have two safeties here. That's the way we designed this thing. So, um, yeah, and Reed Blankenship just isn't there. Not Reed Blankenship, goodness gracious, um, man. Uh, I don't know why I always. No, I, who's the kicker that I'm thinking of? Rodrigo Blankenship, right? Oh, I guess yeah, I don't so, know. I have no are idea. They re- are they related? Are you serious? Is that his name? Yes. Man, that's su- there's such a unique last name. Have you ever heard I don't that think last name? They look a lot alike. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying, like, that is uh, a really. This is actually a Google thing. Um, I mean, isn't um, Rodrigo Brankenship, um, um, what's his background? Yeah, he's Brazilian. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, Reed Blankenship is like. Uh, he's not Brazilian. I don't think I don't, no, but I don't want to make assumptions, look, but I don't think he's you, Brazilian. If you look at their profile pictures, like they're just like general ones, like they I mean, if you told me they were cousins, I I would not be shocked. I mean, that's all I'm saying. But uh, maybe through marriage, but not um yeah, I don't know. Um okay, so we agree it's Donovan Wilson and Cam Curl. Um are you ready for the totals? So yeah, our team um defensive line, Micah Parsons, Hassan Reddick, Dexter Lawrence, Deron Payne, linebackers, Leighton Vanderesh, Bobby Okariki. Corners, Trayvon Diggs, James Bradbury, Darius Slay. Safeties, Donovan Wilson and Cam Curl. The Cowboys lead the way with four players. The Eagles have three. Both the Giants and Commanders each have two. Okay, it's a little bit closer, right, than the offense. Because the offense was at, what did I have that at? I forgot already. I had, well, you messed it up by shoehorning Tyrant. Wait, this by is, being oh, accurate and correct and we actually have it here sorry i was looking at a further a further back version that i had to compare i'm pulling it up right now here we go we actually have i think we had eagles five cowboys three giants two commanders one so overall so, the eagles still have the most with eight total cowboys have seven the giants have four and the commanders have three if we're talking offense we, we haven't done specialists yet i mean let's hold yeah, off i mean that's um, not evenly weighted though <laughs> It's not like it's not the same as do, offense and defense. When we do yeah. specialists, we're gonna do what kicker, punter, and returner. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, we don't we don't need to do a long snapper. No offense. You know. I think it's just punt returner. I don't think we're gonna do because kick returns don't really exist. Well, that's a, just anymore. general returner. Like, call it what you want, but like, if you know, what I'm saying, I you got to pick one return. Punt return because again, there's, that's fine. The kickoffs are becoming extinct. That's fine. Our punt returner who can also field kickoffs. So. Have okay. ones. Some teams have different ones. It's a different skill set. Um, okay, so that is our all NFC East defensive team. Congratulations to all of the players. What will they be receiving in the mail as a method of congratulations, Brandon? Mm. I don't know. Uh, the answer that you're looking for is a link to the NFC East mixtape playlist, which is something mm. that we curate each and every single week. You, myself, Rachel, we all add a song to our growing playlist um the time has come to do that rachel responsibly submitted her song already uh, let me find it here because i want to read exactly what she said um yeah. she said um Topical. yeah she said with the barbie movie coming out on friday it's only right that i choose barbie world by Nicki minaj and ice spice nice yeah good pick by rachel as always you're gonna Rachelle see was it just in Cancun, by the way. Shout out to she Rachelle. was Ra- Rachelle is a world traveler. Um, are you gonna see the Barbie movie? I guess Rachelle is I'm not a big movie guy, you know that they're too long. Are you gonna see Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer, 
I mean, maybe like eventually, but I have no plans mm. to rush to see it. The only thing I really have time for, because I feel like I need to keep up with it, because I like the um, continuity of it all. And my completionist is the Marvel stuff, because I feel mm. like I have to. I'm in too deep that I can't just give up at this point. Right. I'm in too deep. The faster we're falling, we're stopping and starting. We're running in circles again. It would be my song wow, if, we just uh, got, um, if D- this was a DCMA. What's the term? It, it would be my song if this was American Pie. Uh, you know what I mean? Because that's like the song that's in every single American Pie movie. Uh, but that's not my song. Um, do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? What do you want? You can go first. So we recorded last week's uh, episode very early. Thanks to you. Um, you were very kind um, in um, you know adjusting to me. Um, and we recorded it before the uh, recent re-release of Taylor Swift's album, Speak Now. Um, now, here's the thing. I am picking a song from the album, the re-release version, so Taylor's mm-hmm. version. Um, music is, we, we've kind of talked about this before, music is so powerful with how it can transform you like, or, or, and transport you. You know what I mean? Like, you, like a song can transport you to a different time in your life and immediately make you feel like different emotions and things that you were experiencing then. And I think that's really unique about the Taylor Swift we release stuff. Um, so this album, Speak Now, I saw this um, this tour with my friends at Minute Maid Park, actually, the aforementioned uh, in Houston. And it was when I was in college. Like, it was just like, so when when I was re-listening to it, it just took me back to all those times. It was so, I hadn't been, like, transported by music um, like that in a very long time. So I am picking, uh, not Speak Now, I'm picking Sparks Fly, Hmm. Taylor's version by Taylor Swift. Do you like Gold Rush by Taylor Swift? What? Do you like that song, Gold Rush? What are you talking about? Is another song by her? Um, I don't think so. Is that one of the new ones on the? Because I haven't listened to the whole. I just listened to the old the third song stuff. on her ninth studio album, Evermore. I oh, I'm not a big fan of the like most recent albums. Like those haven't mm. hit me the way like the 2010 to like 2000. 14 15 albums do a lyric in that song quote with my eagles t-shirt hanging from the door which mm. she confirmed is a philadelphia eagles t-shirt so you're a big philadelphia eagles supporter fan basically is what you're saying all right anyways, um okay so what do you got my pick is a little off the radar off the grid sometimes i like to listen to some instrumental music and mm. i'm gonna go with and i think this is our first instrumental only song on the playlist yeah. I'm gonna go with L ten eleven. That's the name of the band. Band band E L space T E N space eleven. You're gonna have to slack me this. I'll send this to you. L ten eleven. Three different words, and the song is called "My Only Swerving," and it's a good, I feel like, driving song, especially mm. more so. Not like a highway driving song, more like you're cruising around the neighborhood, maybe going to the grocery store or something. Uh, it could be like a night driving song coming back from I don't know somewhere dinner or whatever it's a little uh groovy song that i think is fun so give it a chance give it a listen okay. the whole album is really good the whole album that that song is from but uh it's actually the first song that kicks off the album so if you like it listen to the whole thing but uh just that song to start um great call on getting a wordless song um instrumentals always slap um my favorite one actually um is from pirates of the caribbean it's the pirates of the caribbean theme song which you would think like the fact that i like it would mean i wouldn't be scared on the ride but you know can't conquer that fear for whatever reason so yeah now we're getting dmca'd for everything like do we just want to sing barbie world too um okay um i thought it's funny because when I was hanging out with Holden and Elizabeth this weekend, they started singing the the mixtape intro. And at first it took me a second because I don't listen to, you know, I don't always listen mm. back to the intro. Sometimes I listen to parts of the show, but I don't like listen to it from beginning to end. Um, so it's funny when I'm hearing that because I'm like, wait, what is that? Why does it sound familiar? Um, I guess. I mean, that really isn't that funny to me. But um, I like it. I, I was going to say when I was reading Rachelle's message and she said, like, with the movie coming out, I thought she was going to pick Barbie Girl not barbie world mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. dude seriously like are you just like you know you just want the episode to die like is that what i mean that doing? was within like what it's like five seconds there's a certain amount of time right yeah yeah, yeah. for use um okay wow let's chunk deuces as we leave brandon tell us your three we talked about buffalo dip three favorite dips um in that, order that Asc- aren't buffalo chicken dip yeah ascending order that aren't buffalo chicken dip Ascending order. One. So three, Obviously. two, three, Ascending two, order, one. So like, you but, mean, but Buffalo chicken dip is excluded from this conversation. Sending order. So you mean like least favorite of the three that right, I like right, right. Most? Three, okay. two, one. Right. 
Man, there's a lot of dips out there to think about. I'm gonna start with maybe like a French, like a like that an onion dip, like you know, the ones that you would dip mm-hmm. like just plain like Lay's chips into little, little packets know. into the into the sour cream, mix it up, right? Um, that's really good. You can go to town on that. Number two, I'm gonna say pizza dip. I make a, pizza, a good pizza dip. Picks um, are your line, huh? Picks are your line. When you, you say pictures of this, when it picks or you're lying, oh, when you see okay. pictures. Sorry, I thought you were saying like one word. I couldn't understand. Uh, I, I don't know if I have any pictures, but uh, I think I do. Post that. Number one, mm, a lot of pressure here. Um, does a sauce count? No. Unless mm. it's in a shape, like a like a dipping. If, I got. I just want to this place. Like you know, I got a jar of. You could use it as a dip if you really wanted to. I'm counting it. It's like this truffle aioli. I'm counting that. You could dip like you could dip um, crackers or chips into that. I've said this before. Um, I don't like how wing places serve their dips or like whether it's ranch or blue cheese, whatever you want, even ketchup, I guess. Um, that whatever you're going to dip your wing into, I don't like how they serve them in round containers. That this is a very passionate stance of mine because you can't get it all in. You certainly can get the flats in. You know, like maybe for the drums, you can get like the you know the heavy part of it. But like what we need are rectangular containers so we can kind of like you know like like twist it through so we can get the whole wing you know dipped out that's something that will revolutionize the world all right we're done say we're done again we're done again support for this show comes from fundrise Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.